Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. My name is Tim, and the topic of our podcast today is Willie Francis, the man who was executed twice. It's a kind of a screwed-up story, kind of a sad story. Very sad story, actually. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about it and um, get into all the details of it. But before we do, let me introduce um, the Queen Amin the mistress of the macabre, the empress of evil, and Satan's dirty little secret, the very lovely and talented Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm well. How are you? I am fine. I am Good, very... Better today than... Better today. Than before? Yes. Um, I want to thank everyone for your nice comments and your um, uh, nice words of support. But I'm okay. I just had a little bad day yesterday, but everything's cool. I am also joined by the very distinguished, very honorable, uh, debonair, I would That's say. That's about it. Wouldn't you say debonair? I would not. The uh, most dangerous man in podcasting today, Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as a Southern gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Oh, the Colonel doing fine to me. I'm Colonel glad. just doing fine. Well, Colonel, you know, we put out, you know, I, I threw my phone number out there and told people that if they wanted your photo, that they you could text me and I would send them a picture of you, the picture that we took at our last podcast on uh, the podcast that we did uh, the last time, which was on, what was it on? Uh, the Moore murders. Mm-hmm. Did, you, well, in, did your phone ring all night, Demi? Was it buzzing off the hook? Actually, I got one text. <laughs> and remember, I said... And, and it was only half-assed. And, and I said, to say... what was the? I told him that they had to text me the words, I love the colonel, and I would text... I would send them your photo. So I got one text, uh, you know... Un, uh, was she cute? <laughs> I don't know who it was from. Actually, oh. they just said, I love the colonel. Well... He makes me laugh sometimes. So um, that is the uh, only text I got. But I sent him the photo. So, but I uh, did not see the photo. Did I? Did he? Did you get my good side, Jimmy? <laughs> I got your only side. Do you, yeah. <laughs> Do you um, have one of those? Uh, any uh, shout outs, Colonel? Well, I got my normal shout outs, Be- Lady Beverly. Yes, um, Lady Beverly. We. Uh, we really appreciate Lady Beverly updating uh, the history page with um, British 
uh, history. She is our British correspondent. <laughs> yes, she is our British correspondent. Yeah, um, she's doing a great job. So keep up the good work, uh, Lady Beverly. Of course, Brittany Nicole. Brittany um, Nicole. I want to give a shout out to her. Yes. Um, Kim Taylor. Yes, Kim. I have to give a shout out to Celine. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm trying to do is get all these these lovely ladies uh, that's on Team Devil over mm-hmm. to the Team Colonel side. You're trying to recruit them. Well, I'm just you know to, to save them maybe. Does the devil give them shout outs? She don't so give them shout outs. You're kind of like she takes ladies. She's taking you for granted. The colonel uh, won't no, take you for ever. granted. Not ever. You're kind of like Jerry Falwell. You're trying to save their souls. I'm trying to save you, ladies. I'm trying to save you. They're so my, they're yeah. my squad. Come over to the colonel team. He'll take good care of you, ladies. Well, I want to also give a shout and out. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. You, you, you cut me up before I did my most important shout-out. Okay, here for the please, please, please proceed. The lovely, the talented, uh, the the woman who gave birth to this man next to me, the lovely Dottie Scott. Yeah. Hi, Mom. We also want to give a shout-out to Brandy's brother, Casey, who is not uh, who was supposed to come into a podcast with us, but that got postponed. Well, yeah, because I went to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Why? And this one I don't get. Casey can't come here without you. Well, what he what he said was that because I told him that he could because I'm a giver and secure no, in you, my position. You're a big bossy sister and no, said no. If I'm not going to be there, I you can't get it. And what he said was, but then it'll just turn into a brandy slam fest, and you're not there, and that's just not nearly as much fun. It is more fun to slam you while you're here. So clearly, so. He did not come in, but he wants to. He's very excited. He wants to come in. So well, we had a lot saw of fun him this weekend. Okay, good. Yeah. So, so he's going to come in? Well, yeah, he'll come in again. We just got to okay. figure time out. And when, I, I, when I get back from vacation. Probably when you get back from vacation. And I would also like to give a shout-out. It is my mother-in-law's birthday today, so happy birthday, Grandma Mary Jo. Mary Jo, happy birthday. Happy birthday. She has just started listening, I understand. So Okay, she has some catching up to do. Oh, she you don't know. Spend, spend her birthday binge listening to our podcast. She well, she's she's been laid up a little bit. She oh. has with her ankles. She had some surgery on her ankles. Well, so. That's going around, man. So she is in laid up. So she probably has nothing else to do but listen to us. So I want to note that I was nowhere near your mother-in-law when she had her ankle problem. You're that, trying to kill her mother-in-law too, Tim. I trying to kill her too. Uh, anyway, Mary Jo is her name. Yes, Thank you for Mary listening, Mary Jo, and we hope you have a wonderful birthday. And mm-hmm. uh, it should be noted that the colonel. Now, most people would not expect a man of my refinement um, to have these kind of skills. But I, if, I don't if you listen you to, to have any skills, no, no skills are really required to do this podcast, are they? Not really. Um, but if you're if you're a regular listener, you know that we do this. It, it, well, actually, we do it on our jobs, on our lunch hour, <laughs> and we do it in the devil's den. Yes, Brandy's um, office. Yeah, the devil's den, and uh, man cave. It's a cavernous thing, and there's a bit of an echo. And the colonel going to use all his carpentry skills, which he's, which you know, they say God doesn't give with both hands, but with the colonel, he gave, he just gave in he excess, just threw shit at you, just yeah, more than more than most people could handle. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna build us some, I'm gonna make some adjustments to our ad hoc studio here. Can I, to can try I just that. for clarification, are you going to do that before or after you set up the YouTube channel? There's going to be before. This is more important. 
Uh-huh. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have any other shout outs, Colonel? Um, I do have one. Yes. I'd like to give it. You know, you know, I don't. I don't do this often enough. I'd like to give a shout out to my dog, Rudy. Okay, Rudy is a dog and doesn't listen and would not understand this. Even if he no, Rudy listens. Um, he downloads I love, it. I love Rudy. Rudy's, <laughs> Rudy's got his own iPod, yeah. um, and he's got a He's a subscriber. I, I picture him more of an Eminem type of puppy. Well, he he likes some rap music. Okay. Yeah. He um, mm. he don't like Kanye. He don't like Kanye at all. No. He he's a big fifty cent fan. I can see him as a big fifty cent fan. Um, Of course he's a Bruce fan. Uh, Yeah. Um, but you know, I want to give a shout out to the Rutabaker. Um he's maybe the finest canine that's ever really walked the face of the earth. I mean, Lassie pales in comparison. I know he's very excited about the Super Bowl. Oh, he is. And he has his Paint Manny jersey ready to Rudy's got his, um, for, for you sports fans out there who know the Super Bowl's coming up, the Colonel's a Broncos fan. Um, as a matter of fact, I got my lunch tie and blue pants on today. And uh, Rudy Baker has his own jersey. I know. I and saw it's that. got number one on it. And it says Rudy on the back, and it's a Denver Broncos jersey. It was custom made just for him. Well, he'll be excited on so go Broncos. And when the Broncos score a touchdown, I just say Broncos touchdown, and he gives me a high five with one paw. Nice. Okay, so hey there, Rudy. I'd like to give a couple of shout outs to you. I got a nice email from Rebecca who gave us a, um, a whole list of uh, possible su- subjects to cover and some really good ones on that list. So thank you, Rebecca. She's listening in, uh, over in Great Britain, so we appreciate that. And uh, as always, uh, Allie, we appreciate Allie. She's very active on her page and uh, always listens in and um, uh, a cool lady. So we appreciate you listening, Allie, down there in Australia. Stephanie Q, uh, we want to say hi to her. And Matt Smith, uh, he made a comment on our last podcast. And um, we're glad that uh, he's listening and please continue to listen. And for all of you, please continue to um, uh, stay active on the Facebook Facebook page because we love interacting with all of you. But you know, also I did uh, listen to one more of Charlie's episodes on Unblocked. Oh, did you? Um, I listened to it. She has one where she has her. I guess it's like take a kid to work day, and she has a has a boy do a podcast. Oh, she, yeah, oh yeah, I listened to that. So too. that, that was cool. one, yeah, that was, that was very cool. Good. So uh, did um, did you listen to the one Unblocked on um, the uh, making of a murderer? I've only been able to hear two of them so far. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna do a you, little binge. But you listened to it, right, Brandy? Mm-hmm. Too. I listened to it as well. It was really good. Well done. So, yeah. Um, so Charlie, just know that um, when you say the word "the devil be gone," you be on the podcast. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I actually talked to her about possibly um, her joining us for a podcast through Skype or something. So. We're going to talk about that later on. She's, she's going to interview me because she wants to do people that are interesting. And, and the colonel... She couldn't find anybody else? ...has had... Uh, <laughs> Man, that's pretty far down the list. The most interesting right. thing on the colonel is uh, I have... The, at last count, uh, when we were in the hospital, the emergency room, the colonel's had over 100 stitches in his life. <laughs> so, I don't know why that is such a source of pride for you. Well, I get he, today. He's, he, I'm getting a text from him this morning. Right, it's, it's, it, for you, don't know. Colonel comes in a little bit later than the rest of us. It works later. It works later. If that's fair, 
but he, he sent me a text and he said, let's talk about mental, our mental health issues because people seem to like that. No, I said we should do a PSA God. because you mentioned that you had some, some uh, anxiety some, issues. I have some anxiety issues, that's true. The I'm colonel his, himself has dealt with very serious issues. You have more Xanax than I've ever seen in my life. You get more Xanax a month than I've had in my life. Well, it, but in it's for good reasons. I mean, the colonel can get a little wound up, and it's uh, get out of town. Yeah, the colonel can get a little wound up. It's kept to just keep him kind of. It's like the kids that have ADD to get the Adderall. Yeah, I have the ADD, and and the impulse sometimes to choke people. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm never going to do this again, but I'm going to ask you to tell a story. Tell us your anger management Why? story. Why? I think people oh. like his anger management story. Okay, my neighbor, my neighbor. Uh, well, give us a, you know, a small, quick version quick of it version. is I got a. Is there a quick version? My neighbor, Relative. I did not like, and I was putting up a fence, and he came over and hassled me about the fence, and he had been using my property, and I told him to get off my property. He wouldn't get off my property. It was a hot, sunny day. So I physically removed him from his property, and I removed his garbage can from my property. In the course of removing that said garbage can, it hit my neighbor while he was laying in his driveway. It happened to hit him. It just happened to hit him. I I just kind of gave him a little nudge, and he fell down in his driveway. And uh, so they sent me to anger management. (laughs) The police came. The police came. They they sent me to anger management. Yeah. And uh, I got there, and there was uh, it was me. It was court ordered. So there was me and nine domestic violence guys. Okay. And I get this guy who's telling this story, and he's a little scrawny, pipsqueak guy. He's telling the story about how he, uh, how his wife or girlfriend, whatever, was not respecting him. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to a man like that, you're going to have to accept the consequences. So this is a younger guy. Younger guy didn't have his good head on straight. And you know, the first couple guys, the first couple guys, you know, they they was domestic violence, and the guy, the first guy. You had to admire the guy a little bit. He said, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and my problem's not my temper. My problem's alcohol. This only happens when I drink. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I've got to get my alcohol problem under control. And he took ownership for what he did. The second guy was blaming his girlfriend. And he says, you know, if you talk to me like that, now that was the, uh, so the colonel getting a little tense. Mm-hmm. And he keeps going. I said, you know, now hold, 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 hold on. And it's a moderated group. And mm-hmm. uh, so I said, look here. I said, I don't know what you sh- the girl said to you, <clears throat> but uh, I will say it to you. It ain't had nothing to do with disrespect. I will say it to you, and I will place my wallet right on this chair. And if you come over here to lay your hands on me like you did your little girlfriend, well, the colonel, he... he, he 190-pound man. He's going to whip your ass for you. <laughs> so the moderator's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, no, so, no, no, So no, basically no, no. you got thrown <clears throat> out of anger management. They asked me if I could just attend solo sessions of <laughs> anger management. You had to do them online? <laughs> no, they sent me to a... Uh, they sent me to an individual therapist. I got... The colonel got kicked out of anger management <laughs> class for getting too angry. <laughs> So, oh my God. But I did complete my 10 weeks. I got my certificate. I took it to the judge. 
and I got the charges dropped. You drop. should totally hang that in your office. I do. I should have that in my Frame office. Frame it and hang it in your yeah. office. <laughs> then next week we'll talk about when you were uh, institutionalized for your suicide. <laughs> Well, that's that's a longer story, but it was a it was a misunderstanding. It was <laughs> a misunderstanding. Suicide attempt. Yeah, I did not commit no, no, suicide. No, no, it wasn't an actual suicide attempt. But, but let me just no, a, it was a no, it just a quick now just a quick. I'm not going to tell the story, but if a psychiatrist ever asks you, do you have a plan? Don't come up with one off the top of your head because the colonel came up with a damn good one and they put me in the damn hospital. And for being a quick thinker. I mean, what the hell? You thought it was a brainstorming session. That's what I thought it was like a test. You know, how, what kind of plan could you come up with? I came up with a really good one. And next thing I know, I'm I'm being institutionalized. Ugh. It was only for one day. Yeah. Well, where we'll tell fought, that another time. Where you fought with an old man over quarters. It was a security guard. I wanted to get a soda. He told me I could not go to the soda machine. I had $20 worth of quarters. And I just said to well, the man, because you could have beat him with them. I said, "Look here, I just want to. I just want a soda." Did you He's, refer to yourself as a colonel? <laughs> At that time, I wasn't a colonel, and I said, "Because you would have been in there more than one <laughs> yeah, time." I would have been. I said, "Look here, I just want to get a soda." And he said, "Well, you can't do that." And I said, "But they told me I had access to the machines." And he said, "We, but you just been here. We don't. We we don't know." And I said, "Look." It's, it, there's a blizzard outside. There was literally a blizzard that mm-hmm. day. I said, where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just want to go down to one floor and go to... And he said, I cannot let you do that. And this was a guy who was about... He was probably about 60 years old. He was about 130 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, I said, look here. I'm going to go down and get my well, mouth If you're talking to him like Foghorn Leghorn, he's not going to let you go anywhere. And uh, he said... And he finally gets real stern and crosses his arms. Mm-hmm. And he says, I do not think you understand... I cannot allow you to do that. He will not put up with your shenanigans. So I crossed my arms just as he did, and I said, Sir, I don't think you understand. You cannot stop me from doing that. Now let's analyze this situation, sir. You are a 60-year-old man, about 130 pounds, and I'm about a 30-year-old man, and I'm 185 pounds. The question we ask ourselves here is, do we want to wrestle around on the floor for a bottle of Mountain Dew? And I do not believe you will come out ahead in that battle. So he looked at me and he thought it over real good. He could have tased you. He should have tased. This is before the days of tasers. He was a security guard at a hospital. That's all he had. He should have tased you in the face. So he looks at me, Timmy, basically, and he says to me, "Do you?" He says, "I'll go get it for you." And I said, "No, no, no." Surprise, or principal, because you know I'm a principal man, Timmy. I said, no, too late for that now, because I might want a snack, too, and I don't know what I want. Might want cheese crackers. I might want to read So then he looks at me and says, do you promise me you're going to come right back? Yeah, because people in loony bins are good for their word. And I said, would you look at what's going on outside? It was literally a blizzard. It was one of those level four snow emergencies where you are not allowed to be on the road. Right. You know, you could get arrested for being on the road. I understand what a level four is. Thank you. And, uh... I said, I don't even have a coat. Where the hell am I going to go? I just want to Did you have like one of those hospital um, no, they let gown? You, here was a crazy thing. They let you, if you're on the seventh floor, if you're on the seventh floor, you have to have a key to get on up on the elevator yeah. to the seventh floor. There's a reason um, for that. There is. And you uh, get to wear your own clothes. And in the lounge, you can smoke. 
You now it's against yeah. the law to smoke in Ohio in a building. You don't want to take you don't want to take the nicotine away from. But when you they will not let you have a lighter. They will not let you have a lighter, but you walk up to the nurse's thing and say, hey, I need a, I need a light. She will light your cigarette for you. You walk right so back to the lounge. you like flint? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I can see what. Because if he was there with some of the people I was well, with. Well, pyros, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I mean, they was, uh, but yeah. <laughs> it was, so, you know, it, but it was a great story. So yeah. you got your soda. I did get my soda. I got a Milky Way bar. I okay. came and From uh, watched the TV. From one psycho to another. Timmy, please. please I would just like to point it. out, I've never been institutionalized. <laughs> I, I, it was I voluntary. Not, it's not that it's not in my future. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying up to this point. Right. It was a I voluntary heard. thing until my doctor could get there the next day. And, and, and check me it was out. A misunderstanding. It, was a, it was a paperwork misunderstanding. I've never had that misunderstanding. Yeah, me neither. Okay, so let's talk we about... We travel in different circles. I think, yeah. Let's talk about Willie Francis, shall we? I would love to talk about Willie Francis. Okay, this is a kind of a sad story. I got bummed out by writing it, but anyway. Jesus Christ, really? It's <laughs> not about your mental health? <laughs> no, I'm not in that sense. I just, it's just sad. Willie Francis was a young man. He was born on January 12, 1929 in St. Martinsville, Louisiana. His mother was pregnant over the holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, poor woman. Is everyone, everyone we talk about born yeah. in January? Jiminy. But anyway, January 12, 1929, he was an African-American young man. Uh, growing up in the Deep South during the Jim Crow era. And for those of you who live outside the United States who are not familiar with Jim Crow, it was it were what they called Jim Crow laws. It was basically institutionalizing discrimination. Is that a fair way to put it, Colonel? Yeah. That, that's what Jim Crow is. It, it's a horrible thing. For, it's a... The shame of the South. Yeah, they would. Well, I mean, it wasn't. They had some shame of the nation, really. Yeah, because it was in the North. It was too. in the North too. I shouldn't say the South. Yeah, out. It was everywhere. Uh, and basically, what they would do is uh, they would keep uh, blacks would kept separate from whites, and and uh, all sorts of uh, different areas, uh, such as housing, uh, water fountains, schools, water fountains, water fountains ra- a restaurant, yeah. a restaurant. Yeah, you had to go around the back and get. Food at a restaurant. Yeah, uh-huh. Restaurants, uh, movie theaters. I remember when I was a kid, you know, and this the Civil Rights Act passed in 1964. But I remember going to a theater in my uh, cinema in my hometown. It was an older cinema. And, you know, by that time, uh, the civil rights movement had already taken place and civil rights laws passed. But, you know, seeing the old faded signs and it like had been... Yeah, but I think your hometown just kind of kept it around. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. You know, like they would say colored only. I know. No, uh, right where I live, to me, right up the... Now, there's a small little burg up by where I live. On the west side. Mm-hmm. On the west side. And they this little town, it was a city side. of its own, it actually had a sign that said no coloreds after sundown. Yeah. So it was it was disgraceful. And this was in Ohio. I mean, yeah. it's in Ohio. Um so uh, black schools were, you know, poorly funded, so the education opportunities were not the same. In in addition to all of that, um there were uh laws that w- were in place to disenfranchise uh, black voters, you know, discourage people from uh, African Americans from voting, and not only is that bad in terms of they're una- unable to vote and have representation, but only uh, uh, registered voters were allowed to serve on juries. So the jury uh, system was made up of mostly whites. 
Um, so this was a time in the South where the Ku Klux Klan was very active. There were frequent lynchings of blacks by the KKK. Many of the public officials were members of the Ku Klux Klan or at least sympathetic to their cause. Uh, that included law enforcement officers, judges, and politicians. In fact, many of the politicians, um, you know, had got elected uh, would had to have the Klan's support to get elected in a lot of positions. So they were a, a powerful political organization in the South. So that's the environment that Young really grew up in. Uh, so in short, the system was just rigged against African Americans. Uh, so Willie grew up in a Christian home uh, in St. Martinsville, Louisiana. His mother and father uh, did their best to raise their... Uh, he was the youngest of 13 children, so they had, a big, yeah, they had a big family. Damn. Uh, Willie did poor in school. Um, part of his problem was he had a speech impediment, and you know other kids would make fun of him, so he didn't like to talk, and so he you know kind of kept to himself. Like we do you? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's just like that. But <laughs> Willie, uh, but I continue to talk. Uh, <laughs> Much to our delight. But Willie was yeah. Billy, Willie was a good boy. Other than that, never got into any serious trouble. In uh, 1944, Willie was 16 years old, barely literate because of these, you know, poor education. And uh, that's where our story takes off. So in November of 1944, um, there, there was a, uh, a man, 53-year-old Andrew Thomas. Uh, he was a well-liked owner of Thomas's Drug Store in the Pastoral Cajun town of St. Martinsville, Louisiana. Louisiana. Uh, we got Thomas, a lot of stories from Louisiana. Yeah. Well, Thomas, who was white, was hit by five shots fired at close range. The theories of who killed him just were, there were a ton of them. He was a lifelong bachelor. Evidently, he was a little slutty. Um, was suspected of numerous romantic liaisons. There's nothing wrong with that. With married women. Well, there's something wrong with that. But after a nine-month investigation, all the leads had run cold. So, slutty guy gets gun- gunned down. Yeah. And we're going to... Bachelor or player. Spend him some crazy time. He was a player. Researching. He's a, well, a player's got to play. Yeah, player's got to play. Haters going to um, hate. Yeah. They are. So, so the, all these leads ran cold. and that, But that changed on August 3rd of 1945 when... And, and this is what I don't get, but okay. In 1945, when police in Port Arthur, Texas, 150 miles from St. Martinsville happened upon Willie Francis, who was visiting his sister. Yeah, you know who's from Port Arthur? Who's from Port Arthur? Chuck. Uh, Arthur. Uh, Janis Joplin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The Pearl. Pearl, yeah. Great. So, Francis, again, who was visiting his sister, right. was carrying a suitcase. Yeah and, they were, yeah. and the cops, who were on the lookout for drug traffickers, took him into custody for questioning, because he was carrying a suitcase on a trip. Yeah. Um, it had nothing to do with him being black, I'm sure. I'm sure. No. Um, he did convince his interrogators that he wasn't a narcotics dealer. But the cops noticed that he stuttered, which they determined indicated guilt. Wow. So they got him. They know he's guilty of something because the guy stutters. you got to find out what it is. Yeah. I did, 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 did. Yeah. Didn't do it. Well, that means, with that Pretty logic, guilty. Porky Pig killed JFK. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Porky I mean, Pig flew those planes into the towers. I mean, my God. So, um, they proceeded to ask him about his involvement in numerous robberies and assaults in the Port Arthur area. 
So King reports that police accounts reveal. Yeah, this is guy wrote a book on oh. this other thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So police recount police accounts reveal a startling, um, even an unbelievable turn of events. According to Port Arthur Police Chief Claude Goldsmith, who did not keep any notes or records of the interrogation, uh, Willie confessed. In a matter of minutes, Willie just confessed. He just rolled over. First of all, he's not confessing to anything in a matter of minutes because he stutters. Mm. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Maybe he wrote out his confession. No, he was illiterate, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, when we talk about this confession, I think you were bringing us up. This is like the Brandon Dassey well, they fed it to him, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's more, when they ins- One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Inspected Francis's wallet, they found an ID bearing the name of Andrew Thomas. Francis initially named several others in connection with the murder, but the police dismissed these claims. So we're not even going to look at that. No, no, no. Yeah. It was you're the mastermind here. Yeah, uh, they found out where he came from, and and uh, since they didn't have any, couldn't hang anything on him in Port Arthur, they said, "Well, he must." Why have did done he some. have the ID? Do well, we know? Okay, continue, continue. We'll so, uh, let's see. A short time later, Francis under interrogation. Confessed to Thomas's murder, writing, it was a secret about me and him. Ooh, a dirty secret. Uh, the actual meaning of his statement is still uncertain, but author Gilbert King, in his book, The Execution of Willie Francis, alludes to rumors in St. Martinsville of sexual abuse by the pharmacist. Yeah, the, the rumor was that they were doing the dirty. That he was, high, you know, he was sleeping with these young boys. Gross. Willie was one of them. But he was giving them an oxytocin. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm reading my script. What's it to you? No, I was just... Okay. So, uh, well, yeah, for OxyContin, yeah, I can see that happening. (laughs) Francis later directed the police to where he disposed of the holster used to carry the murder weapon. The the gun used to kill Thomas was also found near the crime scene and belonged to a deputy sheriff in St. Martinsville, who had once threatened to kill Thomas. Yeah, no connection there. No. Yeah. Thank God we didn't follow up on that. Uh, it, along with the bullets, disappeared from evidence just before the trial. Oops. Hmm. So the, We the, misplaced things. So the gun that was used to kill this guy belonged to the deputy sheriff, and it was... Mis- well, that's poo-poo. That's, just, <laughs> that's crazy, crazy talk. talk. And that's the sheriff did arrested him. That's crazy talk. Well, no, this... No. no. That was, this was a sheriff in oh, okay, St. Okay. Martinsville. Yeah. Okay, so Francis's written statement, of course, was just damn near illegible, replete with spelling errors. Um, he admits he stole a thirty-eight pistol for the planned murder. His statement further uh, concedes that he took Thomas's wallet containing four dollars along with a gold watch, which he later pawned. 
no counsel was present at the time of this alleged confession. Yeah, I mean, he's a 16-year-old, barely literate kid, away from home, getting bullied into this confession. Uh, Besides the fact that it's not all unheard of for people to confess just about anything while being interrogated, let alone a teenager being the one being coerced, um, the fact that at the time police on the whole frequently were quite brutal during their interrogations of minors, and there were a number of fishy things about this supposed evidence Except they were very nice to the the black ones. I'm sure sure they were very nice. They were very courteous. So here's, here's, some, here's some goofy things about the supposed evidence against him. The gun that Francis supposedly used to murder Thomas belonged to a sheriff's deputy. Uh, the gun was lost, air bunnies, uh, before the trial, um, before, as were the recovered bullets. Suspiciously, they were lost while in transit to the FBI crime lab where they were going to be analyzed. This so happens. You know, the FBI is known for losing stuff. Yeah, they do lose stuff. Um, they didn't bother to check the gun for fingerprints or even check that the bullets found in Thomas's body came from the gun that was eventually lost. They couldn't they didn't even see if the caliber matched what was in <laughs> so <there>. thorough investigation. <laughs> uh, the deputy whose gun was stolen, again, air bunnies, uh, supposedly reported it missing two months before the murder. Problem is, there's no record of him reporting it stolen, so we just have to go by the word of the deputy and the word of the district attorney, who says he remembered the deputy mentioning that it, it had been stolen. It seems I remember recall you saying something Maybe about something, that, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the deputy once threatened to kill Andrew Thomas as he was convinced that Thomas was attempting to have an affair with his wife amongst other women in town because Andrew Thomas was a slut. So the deputy whose gun is missing, whose gun just happened to disappear, mm-hmm. which just happened to be used in a murder of the guy that was banging his wife. Well, yeah. you no, know, he was attempting to have an affair with oh, his wife. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, Come on now. Okay. All right. Jeez. I'm sorry. Um, before trying the, to bang his wife. Trying to bang his wife. Uh, amongst other women because he's slutty. Uh, before the arrest of Francis, most of the town just assumed that an angry boyfriend or husband had murdered Thomas, as he was fre- as he frequently spent time with many women of the town in their homes when their husbands weren't around. Uh, the pocket watch that Francis supposed- supposedly stole from Thomas after the murder and then pawned at the jewelers was never found, and the owner of Revere's jewelry store, where Francis and the police showed up, said he didn't remember any such transaction. His records did show that he'd purchased a watch from someone for $5 around the appropriate time, but whether it was the watch or not is the question, and he said he'd never seen Francis before. Uh, he was never asked to testify about the watch that Francis supposedly stole. So basically, have nothing on him. Well, he's black. You got yeah. nothing on me, copper. Yeah. Well, he would have said, you nothing. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, he was stuttering, so he couldn't right. even make a defense for himself. Right. So let's see. But he gets a stellar defense uh, defense team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Thomas's neighbors, Alvin and Ida Van Brocklin, heard the gunshots, Ida looked out the window and saw a car with, li- with the lights on in the driveway outside of Thomas's house. Uh, the car wasn't there in the morning when the body was found. And Francis never learned to drive a car. He didn't have access to a car. He was just a poor kid. A month later, Francis was indicted uh, by a grand jury, and in no time flat, a trial was scheduled. A jury of 12 white men, 
clearly not his a jury peers. of his peers. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, was selected. Uh, as testimony <clears throat> unfolded, the jurors learned that there was no forensic evidence linking Francis to the crime. Also missing were the murder weapon and the bullets. Um, the gun used to kill Thomas. Let's see. Gun used to kill Thomas was found near the crime scene. It belonged to the deputy sheriff in Martinsville. The gun, the bullets recovered. They disappeared. Um, there no fingerprints had ever been lifted from the gun. Uh, without the alleged murder weapon or the wristwatch as evidence, the bulk of the district attorney's case rested exclusively on confessions obtained by police while the teenaged Willie Francis was in custody and without legal counsel. Later, attorneys and journalists reviewing the tra- trial transcript dubbed the proceedings a farce and a travesty. During the trial of Willie Francis, the, co- the court appointed defense attorneys uh, changed Francis's plea from not guilty to guilty without his consent. Oh, that's nice. Gets better. Uh, offered no objections, called no witnesses, put up no defense, and failed to question the validity of the dubious confession. So they do all this knowing that he's that a guilty verdict is going to send him to the electric chair. They didn't even do an opening statement. Yeah. Man, how lazy are these fuckers? <laughs> Not only incompetent, but you're lazy and incompetent. From Manitowoc County. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nevertheless, just two days after the trial began, Willie Francis stood convicted of murder and was sentenced to death by all by 12 all-male, all-white jurors and the judge. What a shock that Deliberations took 15 minutes. (laughs) And that's because they wanted free lunch. They wanted a free lunch ticket. Uh, Let's see. No appeals were ever filed on Willie's behalf. Well, so Willie gets the chair. Mm -hmm. He gets the electric chair. And by getting the chair, it means something completely different to Willie. Mm Mm-hmm. They called the Louisiana Louisiana electric chair Gruesome Gertie. Oh, I like old Sparky so much better. No, Gruesome Gertie. And his executioners were the prison captain, Effie Foster, in prison. Of, they used to had a prisoner do this. Yeah, the, the, the electric chair was at the state prison in Angola. So instead of moving Willie to Angola to electrocute him, they moved the chair. Yeah. They thought it was easier to move the chair around. Yeah, yeah. So they strap Willie in. <clears throat> and uh, the guys that strap him in as executioners was just drunk as skunks when yeah. they do this. Drunk. But they did the state's bidding and put him in the chair. Then something surprising happened. Despite being zapped repeatedly by electricity, Francis did not die. But I bet it got rid of his stutter. Now, the spectators, <laughs> the spectators were horrified and relieved to learn that the mechanical malfunction would be corrected and a second execution ordered. Do you remember in the Green Mile, remember in the Green Mile when they didn't put the sponge, they put a dry sponge? Yeah. And that warmy guy put a dry yeah. sponge on the guy's head and it caught him on yeah, fire. Yeah, make him suffer more. Yeah. I, I did not approve of that. So they, they, uh. I mean, how awful would it be to be sitting in a, I mean, being condemned to death, sitting in an electric chair, and they turn it on, and then you don't die? Well, there's some people that deserve that, and that's fine. It, this isn't one This of is not well, one of those people. It gave him quite a jolt. I'm sure it did. But it didn't kill him. So they said, okay, we got to make some tweaks. You know, we got some technical issues. We're going to fix this and do it again. So, hour or so again. passes, they get it fixed. They flip the switch on the chair, and, uh, nothing happened. So he starts toggling it on and off. Ugh. Well, what happens a is... nightmare. <laughs> this is your nightmare? <laughs> the electric chair itself 
starts just bucking and skittering across the floor. So it starts moving. <laughs> it's like when you put oh you, you don't gosh. put a balance load in a washing machine and yeah. it walks across the floor. So the electric That's chair. what it's doing here. Uh. So they're just juicing the shit out of Willie. <clears throat> but the second t- shock don't kill him. He's still alive. Jesus, it, Jesus wanted him to be alive. Well, I don't think Jesus was smiling <laughs> on Willie that day. Mm. So Willie said, now Captain Foster cheerfully had said, goodbye, Willie. Willie said, I wanted to say goodbye, too, but I was so scared I couldn't talk. He's a, I could almost hear. Wait a minute. When do we have that interview? Huh? When do we get this quote this is from? After. Is this from Beyond the Grave? No, this is ap- after this, the this, first The time? second one didn't kill him either. Yeah, it yeah. just jolted him across. So this the is a second attempt during that the day. first. Yeah, that day during the first attempt. So this execution. is after the second attempt that he makes a quote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he said, "I wanted." Captain Foster said to him, "Goodbye, Willie." And Willie said, "I wanted to say goodbye too." I, I think Willie missed a sarcasm there, uh, but I was so scared I couldn't talk. He said, "The best way I can describe it is wham." It felt oh, like a hundred and thousand needles and pins were picking in me all over my left leg like somebody was cutting it with a razor blade. I could feel my arms jumping in my sides, and I guess my whole body must have jumped straight out. I couldn't stop jumping. <laughs> if that was tickling, it was sure a funny kind. <laughs> he had been told it would tickle, and then he died. That's why I really believed him. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. How's he he find this funny? He well, said first I, of all, that's pretty. That's pathetic. Of cops to sit to sit there and <clears throat> you're convinced that he did something. Then you don't look at him and go, "Oh, it'll tickle," and then you're yeah, going to die. Gonna, well, maybe they were trying to be and, kind. And I think why they're never kind. And I think it should also be noted that he said all of that without stuttering. It, it fixed it. it. So he said, "I thought for a minute I was going to knock the chair over. Then I was all right. I thought I was dead." <laughs> Oh, then they did it again. The same feeling all over again. I heard a voice say, geez. give me some more juice down here. And then I heard a Scottish voice say, I'm giving you all I got now, Captain. Is that what it <laughs> no, I'm sure he didn't hear that. That was God. No, he did say, he said, in a little while, somebody yelled, I'm giving you all I got now. <laughs> so so yeah. witnesses reported hearing him scream from behind the leather hood, take it off, take it off, let me breathe. Oh. And another stated... That he called out, I'm not dying. <laughs> Bless his heart. It, it turned out that Gruesome Gertie had been improperly set up by an intoxicated prison guard. There you go. That's oh, quality. And, uh, what a nightmare. After several minutes, someone mercifully called off the debacle. Willie was helped out of his chair, his heart beating wildly, but he was very much alive. Willie told the reporters, God fooled with that electric chair. Well, when they realized it wasn't going to kill him, they took him to the coroner to get examined. Upon being removed, one of the executioners, Captain Foster, yelled at him, I missed you this time, but I'll get you next time, even if I have to use the iron bar. Good Lord. It was the first time in the contraption's 56-year history that the thing had failed to do its job. And... Again, it had been transported all over the state. What they really think here was it was improperly grounded. So, um, Well, you got two drunks hooking it up. Yeah. Well, the Louisiana governor, Jimmy Davis, ordered that uh, Francis be returned to the chair six days later. Uh. 
so, have to go through all that waiting all over again. Yeah, following the first one, Willie's father reached out to Bertrand de Blanc. He was a Louisiana attorney. This is for the appeal. Um, oh, somebody did decide to appeal. <clears throat> this de Blanc guy was a deeper religious guy, but he was disturbed by the proceedings and, and the whole conviction thing. So he, he agreed to take Francis's case pro boner. And, uh, yeah, pro boner. Pro boner. Sure. And I believe the, uh, we all around this table are pro boner, aren't we? Is I, anybody against boner? I'm pro boner. I don't know any anti boners. <laughs> there may be some anti boners out there. Um, but he did not get paid for this, but he did get some vegetables That's from pro boner. Yeah, yeah. So he, he got a stay of execution because he said the second one would be cruel and unusual punishment. Which is prohibited by the Constitution. Yeah. So he worked with the NAACP. He, he, got, he worked for a year and a half. And he felt that a jury would overturn the... He, well... They got to stay. He felt that he got to stay, um, and he didn't really want to go back to trial because he felt that overturning the verdict was just an insurmountable task. Yeah. A jury, overturning a ver- jury's verdict is hard to do. So what he did was he zeroed in on proving that a second execution would constitute cruel and unusual punishment and amount to double jeopardy. And they're both barred under the Constitution, as you know. <clears throat> as you know, because you, you, you're you a lawyer yourself. Yes. And uh, the case no, bounced not. from court to court and wound up in D.C. where the U.S. Supreme Court heard his argument. And in that decision, they ruled against Willie. Five to four. Yeah, Hugo Black was on that. Um, and he, uh, Hugo Black said it did not uh, constitute double jeopardy. Said accidents happen, no man is to blame. So um, Justice Harold Burton uh, wrote in a stinging dissent, how many deliberate and intentional reapplications of electric current does it take to produce a cruel, unusual, and unconstitutional punishment. So it is, he said it would be difficult to draw the line between 2, 3, 4, and 5. It is not difficult, however, as we have contend here, to draw the line between one continuous application prescribed by statute and any other application of the current. So what he's saying here is if you would have done it right the first time, that wouldn't have been cruel and unusual. So, so <clears throat> now, initially, Willie's family were relieved of They'd ruled in his favor. They originally, Willie's family was told that they ruled in his favor. Yeah, a clerk. It was a, there was, it a, was a, a clerk's error. A clerk's error telling him that the court had ruled in his favor five to four when, in fact, they ruled against him five yeah. to four. So they're all excited thinking he's going to be spared. Oops. Yeah. So Justice Frankenfurter. I bet he's German. No lie. Was that in Young Frankenstein? <laughs> was Supreme, so, Supreme Court Justice Frankenstein. He was suppo- so distraught over the whole issue that despite him ruling against Francis, now he ruled against him. Yeah, he was in the majority. Um, he enlisted aid of a friend in Louisiana who was also an attorney on friendly terms with the Louisiana governor to try to convince the governor to commute his sentence to life in prison and the governor, being the big douchebag that he was, said no. Yeah, so even though he ruled on that particular point of law, <coughs> he felt that there was an injustice being done. He tried to he tried to work a back channel to get it to get a get it commuted to life. Yeah. Now the blank he ain't giving up here. Mm-hmm. So now he has already lost that fight. This time he's starting to try, he starts an argument that the whole trial had been a sham. 
new evidence had been unearthed, including the uh, eyewitness. Um, the state admitted that an eyewitness had seen a car with the lights on outside the pharmacist's house. Um, have they done any police work? They could have come up with that. Yeah. With this, he hoped to get Francis a new trial, this time featuring an actual defense. Problem was, the date of the new execution had already been set, and as he suspected, would have um, would when he chose the alternative argument, which he took to the Supreme Court. The blank was having trouble getting that date moved back, so they could get the necessary legal motions to get a new trial. Yeah, he was getting screwed at every turn. Yeah. So in the end, Willie, um, who had been telling the blank he didn't even want a second trial, convinced him to drop them out of two hours before the scheduled ed- execution. Now two think hours? about that. The guy said two, two hours. hours. Mm-hmm. He said, you know what, fuck it, I'm done with it. Just put me in the chair. Well, he, he, didn't want to, to he didn't want to put his family through it. Yeah, it was very hard on his family. He didn't want to cause his mother, Louise, any more stress. And she was ill at the time. So Willie Francis was executed on May 9th, 1947. He was 18 years old, and this time there was no... There was no problems. They got a good current, good ground, and it went straight to him. So it's another another case. And, and this is why I'm in favor of colonel justice and not capital punishment. Yeah. Because yeah. colonel justice is when you know the person guilty, you do the nasty shit to him. But this poor bastard, everybody yeah. knew he wasn't yeah. guilty. Everyone knew he wasn't guilty. Yeah. But that was not unusual, you know. And, it's, it's, uh, it's and, just and the shame it, is, even with the DNA things we have today— and you could get into a lot of a lot of social political arguments, but really what happens is when it comes to the justice system, the poor are fucked in this country. Well I mean yeah, that's what it comes you're down. guilty until proven innocent, yeah. basically. And if you're poor and you can't prove yourself innocent, you're screwed. I think I read yesterday in the news that they had a record number of people exonerated <clears throat> this year that had been yeah. Falsely, for uh, Project Innocence. For the Innocence yeah. Project. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Innocence Project. Well, yeah. and you know, it's one of sad, the things I, story. one of the things I, um, you know, and we don't get into politics as much because everybody has diverse views. But I think one thing that I think everybody in the country, if if you're an American, every everybody in the country could agree on, is that we should not have private prisons. Yeah, prisons yeah. should be run for by the state, and that's it. Because you should not have a profit motive in having people in jail. Yeah, it does not lead to justice. No, what was it? There was a judge, I think, in Pennsylvania. They had a juvenile juvenile attempt, judge, yeah, juvenile judge. It was sending getting kickbacks for yeah. um, for all the kids he was sending to a private prison because you know, it's for profit. Yeah. Well, in Texas is the I mean, Texas is by far. You know, there's no getting around it. You don't want to offend people, but Texas has the worst justice system in the entire country. I mean, if you if you have a capital case in Texas, uh, the judge picks the defense attorney. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this defense attorney is going to get paid by the state. He's going to get paid a lot of money. Right. So how— And he's, going to, uh, he's always going to argue with uh, uh, cases in front of that judge. Right. Right. So— he so it's in your interest to get picked, yeah. Unless you're rich, you can get your own. But right. um, on a capital case, you're going to get picked. And if you have a capital murder case, you better you better have a lot of money in the bank if you're going to yeah. an attorney because it's going to cost you. But the, but these defenders, these public defenders, are still <clears throat> they're private attorneys. They don't have the you know a public defender doesn't get a capital case. Right. It's a but anyway it's it's a court court appointed. 
it's a court-appointed lawyer, and it's a basically an inherently unfair system. Sure. Because that attorney is not wanting to be blackballed by that judge. Right. You know, so it's... And we don't do any... We know these things are wrong, and, and that's what... Uh, that's what's frustrating is you, is you see these things, you know, time after time after time after time, and we know that they're wrong, and we know... You know, Christ, there's plenty of people to walking around the street that really need to just be executed just on general principle. Well, you know, since doing these <clears> podcasts <throat> and talking, because, you know, I I think I mentioned before I'm opposed to death penalty just because I don't think the state has a right to take a life. But when you're doing these podcasts and you see the sick shit that people do, I mean, like I said, you know, uh, like the couple, you know, with uh, Myra Henley and... Um, with Ian. the kids. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's an argument I'm not ready to make. You know what I mean? I can, okay. <laughs> if it's going to happen, okay. You know, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll argue the next one. But yeah. um, you see the sick shit people do, and you can understand why there's a need for it. But then you see cases like this, and it's just heartbreaking to know that, you know, that someone is, you know, an innocent guy who's murdered, a kid, really. Well, look at... Um, um, Look, you watched Making a Murder. Mm-hmm. That poor little Brendan Dassey kid. I don't care about Stephen Avery necessarily. I mean, whether he did it or not or whatever. But, I mean, they just railroaded this kid. Yeah. He could not get a decent defense attorney to save his <coughs> ass. Oh, no. His defense attorney his was, defense attorney it was, was about like, he was about like Willie Francis' defense yeah. attorney. He was just. I mean. Well, he should have been disbarred. Yeah. Oh, he really should have mm-hmm. been. He was awful. Um, you know, and, and he, they coerced this thing, this confession out of him. He had, didn't have his parents there. He didn't have, you know, nothing. No, no and attorney, he's worried. Or real attorney. And he wasn't, he was not the brightest crayon in the box. Right. And, you know, he's worried about getting home to watch WWE. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he has no clue the gravity of the situation. And you're telling me he's sit there. Well, and they're basing everything on his confession, this this other kid. They're basing everything on his confession. He's talking about how they slit her throat. Chained never, her to the bed. Chained her to the bed, slit her throat, but there's no blood. They didn't find right. blood. Anyway. No chain marks on the thing. No chain marks Not on the Not even her bed. DNA in the house. And, then, yeah. and, the, and <clears throat> the prosecutor knew it. They wouldn't even use that testimony yeah. on, on the Avery trial. Yeah. But they went ahead, but they found... And, and this kid is, I mean, and, uh, uh, you and, know, as you were mentioning, Colonel, overturning a jury verdict is almost nearly impossible. Well, and here's yeah. the thing. When they appealed it, it went before the same judge yeah. that convicted it. They convicted him. Yeah. So, that, so he's not going to overturn it. Some, There's no way. A lot of flaws in, inherent in the system. Okay, any final thoughts, Brandy, on poor Willie Francis, the man who was executed twice? Boy, who was executed twice, I guess. No. It's kind it's, of a bummer, don't you think? It is a bummer. Now I have to go to the dentist. Oh, I think sorry. we should have a... I think instead of running for president, the colonel going to run for attorney general. I think he should. Come. I think I could fix his justice system. Well, <clears throat> we will be... Behind you 100%. Yeah. Colonel Justice. Colonel Justice. All right. Uh, Brandy, where can people find us? How come you always ask her? Uh, Colonel, where can people find us? No, too late now. Don't Brandy, where can people find I'm us? I'm not going to take a pity you know question. Why? You know why he always asks me? Because you're an asshat, and this is what you do. I gave you a whole story to tell a while ago, and I prompted you to yeah, tell Yeah, you did. It. You got to tell like, all on. kinds of life stuff. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on iTunes. Please leave a review. That's how other people find us. We're on Stitcher, mm-hmm. and we're on Twitter. At HistoryDweebs1. Yes. Someday... 
Fall the Stars lineup, we will be on YouTube. Yeah. Now, folks, and you know the YouTube channel is just going to be video or audio, not video. Right. We're not going to do video because we're ugly. Well, well, I'm ugly. Well, the colonel is ugly. Brandy is beautiful, but Colonel and I are ugly. Honestly. Well, the Colonel is not an exceptionally handsome man, but <laughs> as, as Liam Neeson said in Taken, <clears throat> the Colonel got a special set of skills. You can fix things. That's your special set no, of skills. No, that's not my special I'm tired set of, of hearing about your other special set of skills. The Colonel got a special Because set I know of your wife. Hold on. I know your wife. Do not Hold call on. her. No, we got a, we got a caller. No. Hello? Hello? Yes? Okay, no. well, we're no. going to put you on there. Call okay. her, call her. Give her no. a call. No. Hello, this is Mrs. Colonel. I would okay. like to know. All right, we're know. wasting people's time. I'm going to choke you with your tie. <laughs> Say goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye. Good day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.